0: Welcome to Ma's Garage. I'm Kev. I'm Crick. And I'm Smokey. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about love and companionship. So grab a log and join us by the fire.
1: Can you guys think of one of your first experiences with love? Like maybe a first crush or first time like you really like
0: got the point of love. I think I felt like I got there once in kindergarten I can't remember her name though and it bothers me to this day but real love I don't know I can't I can't pinpoint it to one particular moment in my life.
1: I had one of those at camp her name was Alexandra I think and I remember I was like smitten like I went to my grandpa's and I made this little like Goody bag for her. I was young I was probably like same thing around the kindergarten first grade but I was like in
2: <laughs> yeah I can't really pinpoint I guess and the reason that I can't really like pinpoint it and this not not that I haven't experienced love but I guess like it just it depends on like the kind of love that you experience because like I've like I've had girlfriends in the past and of course I have love for my family and stuff. And in terms of, like, seeing another person that, like, caught my attention and, like, I was genuinely attracted to, yeah, I'd have to say it's probably around, like, that late elementary area where we started to actually, like, notice the girl. Like, you remember, like, in elementary, it was always, it was almost, like, boys versus girls, like, all the time. Right, right. (laughs) God
1: forbid you tell someone you
2: like somebody. And there was (laughs) a handful of girls in our, our school that were just
0: mean mm-hmm. girls were real mean when we were young but that's what they told us
2: i think back when you back when you were hanging out with um with some friends of ours like around that time i don't want to say their name specifically to protect those involved <laughs> but uh i'm pretty sure like one of the girls that was wearing like boots like destroyed the guy's nuts oh, my
1: oh God. that was one of their things was to just kick Guys in the nuts, like that's like every like I remember like four or five girls guys in the lunchtime. they are so
2: weird, man.
1: But sometimes that was their way of showing affection or that they liked you, as if they were if they were teasing you or they were being mean to you. And I'm Makes like, you nobody likes that at home. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is how you show love. Like to me, they were
2: just <laughs> obnoxious.
0: Yeah, right, right. You run away.
1: It's like, how do they not get that I like them? It's like
2: <laughs> you're just like you're just like throwing rocks like hot i don't i don't get this you you just you literally just ghetto like curb stomped my nutsack like that was our first time we should have started to learn how to read minds at an early age that first time we got ghetto stomped in the nutsack yeah i mean i suppose you will learn
1: and like you said too though there's multiple forms of love you know what i mean like i can i'm trying to think back what i understood was love from like family and stuff too and i guess like first comes to my mind is we used to do like family gatherings at my grandma's house and you could just feel like there's just this different vibe in the air of everybody just kind of like this communal just kind of companionship this everybody just talking and talking about similar things and
0: Mm -hmm. a lot of different things going on at the same time right right people just all the groups of people talking just constantly changing and merging yeah i can see that
2: yeah at Yeah. At the same time, though, you do have to think, like, back in those days, we didn't have screens. That's true. They weren't as prevalent. So, like, let's use that same example, but, like, fast forward it to, like, today. Like, use, use, like, use, like, going home to visit, like, family for, like, holidays and, like, how different seeing family now as opposed to, like, what you would do when you saw family then.
1: I mean, screens kind of were, before I jump into that, screens kind of were a problem because I remember one year my grandma wrapped the TV because she was so tired of everybody watching the football game yeah. <laughs> instead of, like, spending time with the family. <laughs> and so she literally wrapped the TV and said that it's they can open it to until <laughs> Right, exactly. But when it's a football game, and they're just honed in. I get you know? it. Um, but, yeah, no, like, now it is different. It is different when you go there and, like, You're supposed to spend time, and like now, like almost all my nieces and nephews have cell phones, Mm -hmm. and they're still pretty young. And sometimes that becomes the the connection is like they'll do the little filters and little like little games and stuff on their phone, and do that with you. That's their form of interaction and right.
2: It was just genuine, like when I was at your family's place and like your uh, your nephew was like those uh, Where's Waldo books that like that took me back. I haven't done that in a very, (laughs) very, very long time since I've looked at those books. I didn't know that they put like female Waldo and I didn't know that they put like black and white Waldo. eggs yeah i didn't realize they had so many like i'd be like oh there he is nope that's not it what what do you mean that's a girl oh it is dang (laughs) gotcha i mean i guess looking back we had like game
0: boys and stuff at one point right yeah that was the start of that evolution
2: i feel like there were times like especially for thanksgiving i mean for the most part it was just my family for thanksgiving growing up like we didn't really we didn't really like have like a giant family thanks thanksgiving so my little brother and i were able to basically do whatever we needed to or whatever we wanted to until the food was ready right
0: as long as you stay
2: out of the kitchen right basically <laughs> exactly. stay out of our way yep mom mom's not going gonna to help town get in out the of the here. kitchen and she'll ask me if i want to try some things to like test them and that's at the extent that i can do
1: mm-hmm See, that's kind of how ours was, too, is it was like Thanksgiving was something we did as like our small family. But like my grandma was like she was like the anchor for our entire family. Like we used to go to her house once a month and we'd celebrate all the birthdays of that month because we just it was like seven brothers and sisters that my mom had. So there it was a pretty big family. And so they'd get us together all the time.
2: I forget like, that it was a big family.
1: Yeah. And that, that's one thing I miss, though, is that once she passed away.
0: So did that tradition
1: yeah and money became a problem with the passing of people which happens all the time and you saw this kind of breakdown of this camaraderie and like that's one thing i miss like i wish my nieces and nephews could experience that they don't get that giant communal family coming together sharing stories talking about stuff experiences you know what i mean that that direct interaction
0: they just stories. haven't had the right person and
2: family take it over yet
0: Right. Need somebody right. to take that charge
2: nowadays that's what it is like yes especially for my own family like my grandmother we were over at her house for the holidays when she passed away and we didn't have we rented out the house got we sold the house and then it was just the four of us now it's just the three of us now we just go out to eat like my mom doesn't make like super huge dinners for just me and my little brother
1: that's where i feel like you have to it's not a position that gives gets like someone picks it's not like they vote on who's going to be the patriarch or the matriarch of the family i think it's just something that you have to like you have to step up to it that's where i've I've told my mom time and time again because there's still like every family there's back and forth people who don't want to talk or don't want to go to the same place as each other but i want to just have a family to get together and be like it's going to go all day come when you want leave when you want And that's up to you because it's like the point is the family you know what I mean like you can for one day a year you can put all your petty differences aside and show that love to one another
2: like a year or so ago when like we had like like you were in town and we and you had like the family cookout at your at your mom's place and she got like that was when she got the air fryer and stuff that she got Mm -hmm. yeah I was under the impression that like the whole family like when I learned that your brother and them were not going to be there I'm just like this is odd to me. And I mean, like, it was, it was fun. Like it started out odd and I think like people even could feel that it was odd, but then slowly we got some things going. And for the most part, we all had a good time, just like being able to relax.
1: Right. That's such a weird thing when you like love everybody. That's a part of it, but you can't see them together and you can't spend time with them together because they have their own things that are keeping them apart and it's like I want to see like I'm only especially when I was out of state and only could be in town for so long it was like you know what I mean like I don't want to have to bounce around I'd love to see you guys all in one place like that makes me happy that communal just
2: and for as long as we've known our family you think like we'd be able to like characterize them kind of in like a video game likes dislikes gets along with like just being able to like match people and create friendships and stuff but I don't know it's, it's it's like you said it's whatever it's like if they have like a personal thing that they're just not telling you and if it's not it's not something that like they may not just like want to tell you or like something that you just something that they something they can't explain
0: i would say i feel like that's the next stage at least for me i mean i love my family but i enjoy the company of my friends a lot too you know so i'd want to merge those two somehow. So if I were to ever take that on, I'd just invite everybody. But it doesn't have Agreed. to be blood. It doesn't have to be anything. I mean, I feel like a lot of you guys, especially, I feel like I'm closer to you than most of my blood family, just from the yeah. amount of time and talks.
1: You guys are like brothers to me. I speak to you guys more than I do my own brother, to be honest. You know what I mean? Just because for whatever reason, you know, we have those much more in-depth conversations connect on a different kind of level. And same thing that my mom's always been like, you guys got adopted by her so long ago, like, you've been a part of the family forever. The family grows and shrinks in different ways.
2: Mm-hmm. It was interesting going to your family's place for the first time and being treated that way. I know that, like, while I was hanging out with some other friends, like, their mother was also like our mother. Like, I don't know, like, we were just, but we didn't like, refer to them I'm struggling. (laughs) Uh trying to not say like as much, but I'm just I'm noticing it. I just need to do something that I can
1: and that's where we do the same. Like I I did like I say like a lot. I don't even haven't even caught it because if you think about it too much you get caught in that spiral. Of thinking about what you say (laughs) and sometimes it's kind of like writing the right rough draft for the book sometimes it's better just to get the idea out you can always work on it and lower the amount of likes that you say down and the i knows and the rights and the all these things that we say over and over but the conversations that come from it you know what i mean are worth the slight
2: repetitions of the words that we say you know you know (laughs) and it was different basically growing up you have your one mother and then all of a sudden your friends now you're their mothers are your mother with how much you're hanging out they become your it's, extended it's family it's just right? it's a new it's a different experience if you're someone that doesn't have a lot of friends because then you only have like your mom and your parents
1: right that that friendship and that companionship from like that you're the people around you who you can share those life experience with to better understand life kind of like this show you know what i mean there's so much th- topics in this show that i think about and that are in my head but i don't express them out loud but when i talk with you guys about them you ask me questions you dive deeper where we're, we're com- like i've had somebody tell me this about the show what they think is that it's interesting to see especially men be so comfortable talking about such sensitive topics or such deep topics and be comfortable enough with one another to have that conversation. I couldn't do that with any stranger. I feel like I'm getting better at doing that with strangers because I have those conversations with you guys, but it that takes a certain special relationship on its own to do that, you know? And so like, that's where I really appreciate you guys. is that a best friend and a good best friend is what I consider a best friend is someone who I can call at one o'clock in the morning and you'll answer. And you'll be there and you'll talk me through some shit. Like, because you know that I'll do the same for you. That's a best friend. Not 30 people who aren't going to pick up the phone who I see all the
0: time. Like, that's, to me, not a best friend. They're called colleagues, right? What's the difference between a a colleague, an acquaintance, and a friend? Is there a difference?
1: I feel like a friend is someone who has your best interest in mind. And an acquaintance is someone who who you spend a lot of time with but
2: may not necessarily have your best interest. Right. And a colleague is just someone A work colleague with. is someone that you know, that you have a mutual connection through a secondary organization.
1: And they can jump between like, you know, we've had people who were colleagues that became good friends. Like of uh, Zach, who I moved out to Colorado with, like he was my co-manager. And then we lived together for five years, five years. That's a long time to live with somebody like, We definitely got in our squabbles and stuff like that, you know, but that's going to happen with anybody. It's if you can get past that, just like me and you, Kev, we live together too. That's a hard thing to do with people. You realize that when, like, when you you live with somebody who you get along with and you'll go through little squabbles, but when you live with someone who you don't get along with, it shows you how much more important those relations are, the ones that you could push through all that stuff. The ones you could sit down and be like, Hey, this is what you're doing. That's pissing me off what am I doing that's pissing you off? How do we get along in the same, you know,
0: environment? The ability without, to like, communicate without right. just hating each other instantly. Right. Like a relationship shouldn't be on the balance all the time. Right.
1: Exactly. That's where I think a part of that, being you know, a friendship compared to an acquaintance or a colleague is also acceptance. Like you accept that person for who they are. You don't, expect them to be something that they're not you accept them for the person they are because of all the qualities about them that you appreciate
0: it's deep
2: that that's a deep one
0: but it makes sense it It makes total
2: sense and especially you think about like people like for example people living with friends that they've known for a very long time and how in the beginning things could have been rocky even though you guys have known each other for a very long time, things are still going to be a little bit rocky. You're getting to know each other and like learn each other.
1: A lot of boundaries are broken down when you live together. There's no, it's just like being in a relationship. You may think you like somebody, but then when you live with them, just the fact of them clipping their nails, their little isms, their little things that like can start to drive you nuts. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's how you can show if you like them.
2: And the point that I was going to make was that it's rocky in the beginning, but you give it enough time that you can smooth out the bumps right not tell i'm not saying that you should be with someone forever if you've got those red flags that it just appears to you that this is not going to work out but if it's like you had said if it's something that you feel like you can work through make that attempt as opposed to pulling the ejector seat
1: right does the good outweigh the bad You know, I think that's the same with friendships and like, uh, what do you call it, romantic relationships. Like you got to, it's when as soon as that bad starts to outweigh that good is when you really start to need to check in and be like, is this some, is this a relationship I want to keep up? Is this good for myself and my mental health? And, you know, because if you're with somebody who's putting you down more, that can affect the long term of your life. You know, that can affect how you see yourself, that can affect how you act, how you treat yourself. Like when people constantly are putting you down. All those little seeds start to grow. Especially from someone who you trust. Mm -hmm. They're putting you down. That's really going to affect your self-image.
2: There has to be a difference and it has to be known between two people when you are being mean and when you are positively pushing.
0: Yeah. And understand the boundaries of what the other person is willing to take, right? Right,
2: That's where the friendship comes in. You know what they can handle. At the end of the day, you're spending your time with this person. You're combining your energy with this person. Like, choose the person that you have those qualities that actually wants to be in your company and combine your energy.
0: You can almost look at a relationship as like an atom. And either it's an unstable atom that's going to blow itself up or you find that equilibrium or it's just like harmonic.
1: I think that goes back to your intent, you know what I mean? Like if the thing that you're trying to change about them is the reason you're trying to change it is to make your life easier or to make their life easier. It's not or both, that, right?
2: Or both. Exactly. It that can also be a, both. A very good point
1: but if you're just doing it because you want them to be more easy to live around for you, like that's not for their benefit. That's not for their good. That's you being selfish. Understand that they're an individual and some things they can't
0: change. That's just who they are.
1: I think a lot yeah. of people
0: forget that a relationship is give and take, you know, yes. you go into this because you like that person the way they are not because they're the person you think you could make
2: them into. 100%. And then, people have other factors like biological time clock per se that they feel like they're running out of options
1: that's yeah that, that comes into the dating scene that's where like at this point now where i'm in my 30s like trying to find a relationship it's it's interesting because like part of you is like it's the toxic sticking you need to find someone because the older you get that pool is only getting smaller and smaller and but the thing is per is say. you still have to per se but you still gotta you still gotta find someone who relates with you. You can't just settle. You can't just find whatever's gonna fit at that moment. Like you have to find someone who truly accepts you for you and wants you to grow. And like that's more important than just being in a relationship. even though sometimes you feel like you really need that companionship, like it gets lonely. it's it's there's great things about being single and being able to be like okay with yourself and alone on your own. that's important. But there's things that you miss and sharing experiences and not having someone to tell the good and bad parts of your days with and explore that with and just someone to even like hold at night like cuddling is just miss that shit you know what I mean so it's like to appreciate that there's things that I appreciate now being single about being in a relationship that I kind of took for granted. And there's probably things that when I'm in a relationship I'm going to notice about being single that I'll
0: take for granted grass is always greener right it is it's a lesson it's all, i learned time and time it's again. all
2: about going through those experiences right
1: that, that's what i think it is it's like the good and the bad of like experience life like it's going to be the hardships it's going to be you're going to be single at points you're going to be lonely at points and like take that in and learn from what you can learn from why you're lonely why do you and feel the way that you do
2: if you're someone that values your companionship like you just cannot be alone it's okay that you have your companion but also don't forget that there's a billion and a half other companions out there
0: exactly the world is a really
2: big place if your one companion is not compatible with you there's a billion and a half other people that you can try the test yeah
1: i think that that ties in confidence like Confidence in yourself it and does. self-love.
2: It really, really does. Because if someone has low self-confidence and low self-esteem with themselves, any one person that gives them any attention, positive or negative, they're latching. Right. They're latching and they're making kids.
1: They can get you into a situation like that where they begin begin to demean your self-confidence because... They're not the vision that they want you to be, so they're going to belittle you because you're not living up to their expectations. And that doesn't mean that you're not a great person and that you're not capable of amazing things, but it can give you the inner dialogue that you're not living up to a standard that you need to because it's not their standard. And that's why I think it's so important to establish what is okay with who you are. Like, who am I? My flaws, my my strengths, everything about me, establish that. So that way, when you get in a relationship and someone calls you out, be like, well, that's just what you don't like. You know what I mean? If this, is, this is who I am. And there's certain things where it is, mm-hmm. it's that give and take. And I, I will change to be less like that, to be better for you, because oh, there's so much other things that I love about you and that you love about me. But still, essentially, I, I can't. You can be better versions of yourself, but you'll always be you not going to change somebody completely and they can work to be like they can work on their addiction and the way that they hide their flaws and the ways that they cope with things and you know we're all flawed and we can grow but let some of them grow and not expect to just change them
2: and let them gradually grow yes it's a process it doesn't have to be exponential
0: but understand when you're being manipulated by somebody because they know you're desperate don't let People talk 100%. to you that way. Don't let people demean you because understand everybody has some form of self worth. Like you are good at something.
2: My whole life, I have been someone that I just put my dishes in the sink, but you just have to put your dishes in the damn dishwasher and run it every damn night. That's damn money out of my
1: pocket. Manipulation is huge. Like, I'm. That's something I learned about myself. I'm easily manipulable. Like it happens. Like I fall for that same trope, and that's one reason I spent time being being single
2: for so long. Ah, uh, there's another phrase for that. Gullible. What's the phrase? Gullible.
0: Is that it?
1: To a degree, submissive. Submissive, and but it's also people pleaser. I always wanted like, and I think that's because that was the role that I took on in my family. I was the youngest. I didn't like all the conflict that was going on. So I always was the one who tried to make the peace. I want people to be happy. I want the people around me to be happy. You know what I mean? And if I can, if I have the ability to do that, I will do whatever is in my power to, to make that happen. But I, I also need to be happy. I can't just make everybody else happy. I also have to be happy as well. And that's something
2: I learned is my happiness is just as important as everybody else's happiness. I feel like and, that was the speech that, that was given by like the presidential prostitute. <laughs> But I do understand what you're saying, man. especially because I was right there with you, with my family, that I just, even though I was kind of the outspoken one in the family, I always, I didn't want to be the one that was outspoken, that was causing trouble. And whenever I would see problems in the family, it, I would always try to at least take it upon myself and do something to like help it. Nine out of 10 times I'd get involved and get worse. But. And some things do got to flare up. Some things like anger has got
1: to happen. Like arguments got to happen. Some things do got to come to the surface to fix themselves. You know, you can't always just brush everything under the rug.
0: Arguments have to happen. People are going to have fights. Like
1: sometimes you need
0: that. Those happen because the rug can't handle anymore to get brushed under it. Enough has been brushed under and a lot of it just kind of bottles over.
2: And some people just have one of those like rice rugs where they just got cracks in between and nothing actually gets brushed
1: and that's handle the way it comes you know and yeah you got to take that on it but it's it's now because of that like i would never change any of my experiences or like change go back and change the past because of all those experiences i have had i can now better see manipulation as it's coming I can better see those red flags and the gaslighting and all the different experiences. And like, that's what teaches you, your bad relationship teach you what a good relationship is. You can't know good without the bad. So the more bad friendships, people who take it, like same thing happens in friendships. I've had plenty of friendships where people would just want something from me or they know what they can get from me having me as a friend. And that hurts just as much as a relationship that falls apart. It's a lot of energy that you've given to somebody to find that they're only using you. And the quicker you can see that the better.
2: My In comment part, to that really, though yeah. is there is a that difference between using someone to gain something and optimizing your friend's resources. Right. Like if like if your friend operates a business and you purchase product from that business. Yeah. That's just how how often you do it. And then you give away the product as a gift to someone else of your circle. That's how often you do it,
1: I think, too, and how much you give back. Like, if you're only taking from that person and never reciprocating anything back to them, then it's a one-way relationship. You're Again, meaning- it's got to be give
0: or take, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You got to be giving back to them just as much as they're taking from you. What you said earlier could almost be related back to to work relationship. You know, you go through enough bad jobs to understand what you don't want to do for the rest of your life.
2: At the heart of it, it's just working with other individuals, like, yeah, but it's romantically what you do too, though, right? or platonically, like, as a business, whatever it is, yeah. Like, we're always just going to be continuing to be social with other people, and we are always going to be continuing to learn.
1: That's that's how I am, especially with management now. Like, bad manager, I won't work for if you're a bad man, I'm too good of an employee. I have that much self confidence in myself. I'm too good of an employee to let you belittle me and put me down. And I'm not going to work for a narcissist. I'm not going to make you look good and bust my butt for you I unless you're busting my well. butt for me. Like, and that's, I had to learn that too many times I did the
2: opposite. And especially when we were younger and we just needed a job.
1: And that's what happens a lot. I think that happens in every aspect is when people, when you're young and ignorant, People see that and take advantage of it all the time.
2: Oh, yeah. Even with landlords. And then they just use the, they use the phrase, I'm teaching you life lessons. This is the way life is. you have to get used to it. Yep. It's your fault because you didn't know. Your, pa- your, your parents babied you. Mm-hmm. They don't know how your parents taught you. They don't know anything about you. All they know is what they're teaching you.
1: And that's that broadcasting. They always put it as it's your fault it's your fault for your ignorance it's your fault that you don't know I don't do anything wrong I can I it's your fault that you fell for my stuff so That's you need to learn better and it's or you need to call me out on that and it's like I have nothing that I need to do to grow and it's I don't know that self-reflection and taking accountability for people's actions We need more of
0: that find out early on there's a lot of it don't do it
2: that was part of the reason that I wanted to leave the sales industry. When I saw that we're fun and we have camaraderie when we go out for drinks, but at the heart of it, that's my competition. That's well, that's, if that's the way you're taught, right? It can be friendly competition, but you can give like, you can give some advice to someone that you just really should not follow. And it can really hurt that person. Some people do that on purpose. And then the best that other person will say is, well, you asked for advice. It's like, I, yes, I asked you for advice, but I wanted you to be honest with me as my friend and not just tell me what I wanted to hear. Like, I understand we're here and we're here to contribute to the business. But at the same time, we should be level-headed with each other that you can be honest with me and I can be honest with you.
0: Again, that's where people fluctuate between the acquaintance, colleague, and friend categories, right? You, and only you can file those people based on your experiences with them. That's, that's why I
1: like feel comfortable and you guys have helped me feel more comfortable sharing my art and the things, my creative aspects with other people. Because when I come to you guys with something, I expect raw criticism. You know what I mean? Like, don't just read it and put it down. Like, that's always hard. But- I expect you guys to tell me honestly and and you know me, you know how to talk to me. And I know that you guys will tell me your true and honest opinion. And that's, that's, that's what I want from you. It's hard to get that from a lot of people because they always want to like sugarcoat it, but your true friends know that your relationship is stronger than that one interaction. They know that, yeah, you may get mad at you in that moment, but I know in the long run, you'll
0: see why I did that. And just see where you're coming from. It's coming from a good place. Right. It's your intent.
2: And mm-hmm. at the same time, in some friendships, all it takes is one action that was handled misappropriately and that can completely ruin that friendship.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it depends how drastic, It's it's that's a uh, trust. Like if you break, trust is like huge. And if you break trust, like it's really hard to gain that back because it's changing your image of that person. When you trust somebody, that's 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 huge you're tr- like yes. trusting them with your life like i trust you guys with my life you know what i mean and it's if to break that trust it makes you question every interaction you have with them can i share this with them can i tell them about this are they going to do what they did before you know past past actions predict future and some of that's understanding that people are flawed and they're going to make mistakes
0: and you can earn that trust back but yeah i guess it depends the level of the offense it's a lot easier to maintain a relationship than rebuild it
2: or start new ones and some people to a degree it could be forced trust
1: yeah that's that's where that neediness that cohabitation where those people just need that other person or need they can't be alone and they so they need they can't afford to lose that person So, okay. Or they're in an
2: organization with that person and neither of you is leaving.
1: Or have kids. I guess we just still that organization. That's that family. It's like so many people, so many relationships stay together for the kids. And that's, you know, that's up to opinion, but sometimes that's not the right thing. Because if you're living in a house without love and you're living in a house that is always arguing and always back and forth, like you're teaching those kids what a relationship is. And so if you're showing them this is a this is supposed to be a romantic relationship these constant arguments these fights these never getting along this belittling each other you're, you're you're teaching them again by action the wrong form of relationship is instead of understanding that you guys shouldn't be together and finding somebody who you're more compatible with and showing that sometimes it is better to step away
2: some of the books that i've read and the author would talk about like their family experiences growing up and a couple and <clears throat> Some of them, they recalled that memory where their dad mercilessly beat their mother. And one of them, the dad was like, I want him to watch this. I want him to learn this. I want him to know what's going on here. It's just so, I I almost... What's the lesson there, right? It almost almost gives me an urge to put the book down because I just so toxic and it, it's just it blows my mind that not giving it a specific name because you have to do what you have to do and I can't say that I understand this culture when I'm not a piece of this culture but it blows my mind that some cultures can be so far on the opposite side of a spectrum in terms of views and values that some other cultures
1: I've came to have to understand some of that and what I've gotten from it, not saying that's right. You should never hit your spouse or anybody else for that fact. No. But what I've learned from that is that somebody who's so far gone and thinks that the world's against them, that they're trying to, in their weird way, they're trying to protect you. They're trying Mm -hmm. to show you this is how you need to interact with the world so the world doesn't hurt you. Hurt the world first before the world can hurt you. And it's a weird thing because it's like, that they're that's their weird way of showing you love and that's their weird way of trying to teach you but they're teaching you the by wrong expressing
2: lesson and yeah. by harming another individual really? right I, the our the author that's exactly what the author said that was his dad's way of teaching him how to be tough how to make a stand and that even the people even when the people you love mess up you have to be able to call them out now why you choose to mercilessly beat your wife with the belt buckle You're not good with words i cringe even saying it i read this book and i even said to myself i was if i ever have, if i'm ever in new york and i have an opportunity and i'm sure this absolute garbage of a human being has to have some level of security around his grave otherwise anyone that reads that book wants to go and deface that grave just as much as I do because that individual doesn't deserve to rest in peace
1: I used to feel very similar to that but in the long run what that turned into is pity it turned from a sense of vengeance and anger and frustration with how someone could be like that. And then it developed into a form of almost pity for that person. That, that person will slowly, that person has ruined all relations. They'll, they'll, they'll do the same actions and run themselves out of everybody. They'll slowly burn out everybody that cares about them and push them
2: all away. I'll burn all the bridges until you're left on an island. But they just keep going younger and they get the ones that don't know any better. Yeah, that's how you get people that are in their 50s and are dating girls in their 20s because the girls in their 50s know better.
1: And they're not making true relationships, you know, like you're not no. instead of taking that anger, instead of taking those emotions and interacting on some other person, you could put that in on yourself. Why do I feel this way? Why am I so angry? Why did this happen? Where did this go? And oh, you God, can, don't it's ever for a
2: narcissist to ask a question about themselves
1: right what
2: is there to reflect about
1: but it's how you direct it you know what i mean like it's that's always a path that's especially like if that's what you grew up under they say like oh they're just gonna be just like that it's gonna you know trickle down and that's that's a lesson that like i when i had a therapist what they said to me is like because i told them that i was like i'm worried about being like my dad one day i'm worried you know that i see characteristics of him that i share and what they said to me is always stuck in my head they said you're your dad's son You're always going to have genetic similarities and different things that'll be similar to him, but you're not him. You're not your father. You're not the same person. You have the choice in those moments. You can learn from people in two different ways. You can learn the things that you want to be and the things that you don't want to be. And some people, it's hard to learn what you don't want to be. And they just, they see, okay, they got what they wanted because they did this negative thing. So now I know if I do that, I can get what I want. And some people that's okay but some people are like I don't want to be viewed like this person is viewed I don't want to feel towards I don't want people to feel towards me the way I feel towards this person and that's what makes you change that for the better make that change and break that cycle and that's hard especially when you you every, yes. you 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 want a father like it's you want to have that perfect dad who is there to talk about girls and all this other stuff and all these things going on. So there's part of you that always wants them to be this image that you've built up in your head of what a
0: father should be. Beaver's dad.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you can find it in different ways. It's like I said before, my uncle was something more like that than my actual father was. And you can find those good role models in your life if you seek them out. You don't have to, again, I was doing that. I was trying to change him into something that he was not. Instead of breaking that relationship and finding a new right relationship, that's more what I'm looking for.
0: You know, and that takes that hardship and maturity to do that. A lot of times, too, look at the kids who turn out
2: that have the perfect parents
0: in theory, and, you know.
2: And there have been cases that son relearns something that was taught to them by father and reteaches father and father adopts new knowledge not saying that everyone will but it is also a possibility that's where it comes down to having that open mind in the first place if you're if you're a whole family of just being closed-minded not taking into account anyone else's view how far are you going to go going back to some of the
0: experiences with like abusive families you see it's almost like when you pressurize coal and it turns into a diamond you know the kid is under so much pressure in that environment they do whatever they can to get out and they end up being like a harvard grad with everything you know because
2: they inter- because they went through that strife they did
0: and they knew exactly what they wanted to get away from and what they didn't want to end mm-hmm. up like
2: yes these authors they taught that's what that's exactly what they talk about i learned that through this strife that i am able to do and i am able i am capable of doing these things and they just use it as the catapult to their story
1: that's what part of that ted talks that i shared with you guys was is that he said when you you look at all these people who get comfortable in that they don't they don't accomplish these great goals. they like, I want to do this. I want to do these things or I should do these things or I could do these things, but they don't have any incentive to do it. They don't because everything's fine. They don't have to worry about their bills. They don't have to worry about these things, but there's so many other stories of people who had everything going against them, Ev- no opportunities to, to do these great things. And they took it as like, the, they took it on as a challenge. They took it on as, as fuel and they turned the their the things that were against them to their strengths and to this almost i'll show you attitude against life it's like if i'm gonna prove you wrong and i'm gonna do something great with that you know we need those negatives we need those kickbacks again why i said that i've never changed what happened in my past because it's made me the person i am in today and it's made me as hungry as i
2: am today Mm -hmm. and that's as it should but some people don't I honestly that. do feel kind of bad for today's youth. That's just being coddled per se by their parents and their parents are not teaching them how to like experience strife, how to manage stress. Everything is just a perfect world.
0: That's the same with our generation too, though. They say the generation before us says, well, they didn't live it. Same problem. We don't live theirs
2: that they're living mm-hmm. right now.
0: You know, it's, the same issues show up in every generation.
2: We witness it. That gives us a little bit more of an observation, but that's other generations. They witness ours, <laughs> but not directly.
1: They've said the same thing, though, Smokey. That same
2: sentiment, that same
1: conversation. Yeah, that same thing. Is yeah. they, they'll, they'll go back from generations from the nineteen
2: twenties from the 1890s like it's beca- and it's because we weren't fortunate enough to grow up through a world war through a world war and we weren't fortunate enough to grow up in a time that people didn't voice their opinion with each other
0: every generation is upset because the next generation has it so easy
1: yeah
2: and everyone that was fortunate enough to grow up during that generation is the greatest generation and f- god forbid you naysay say their generation
1: but they don't know your other the other things that you are dealing with. They'll say, Oh, yeah, well, you didn't have to deal with this, but you didn't have to deal with online dating. You didn't have right. to deal with this. You didn't have to. There's always some stipulation, and it's that goes back to walk a mile in their shoes.
2: It you does. Know, it, do, it does.
1: You can't judge a younger generation. You can't judge an older generation.
2: I'll give respect to the older generation that makes that effort to understand the younger generation. And quite the opposite. Your time is coming. <laughs> that may be a little insensitive, but if you're not gonna work towards helping society, then get out. We don't need you.
1: We have to be just as understanding though. It goes back to that pity thing. You know, you can't coddle them, but it's, got to, it's also having pity for what they were taught and how they were taught. Because the same thing there, there are only societies at fault for our own problems we create the murderers we create everything we create the culture of parenting we the 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 self help books is what they say is a big issue with our generation it's all these yeah, things that pa- parents were trying that. parents were trying to do the right thing parents want their kids to grow up happy and have a good image and even if it's ego whatever it parent not all but a lot of parents want their kids to grow up and be successful and they're doing what people around them tell should be successful but they're also flawed individuals they're just humans like it's like the day when you learn that they're just trying to figure
2: just, it out themselves.
1: Yeah. And so you have to take that into account before you judge them too, and be so harsh on them. And it's show them with your actions, how it can be different, you know? And I have a hard time with that too. This younger generation, I feel like is a little bit less respectful and I feel like their are worth ethic is work ethic is diminishing, you know, and they're, that's a hard thing for me. They have know.
2: They can have their moments. And sometimes these moments happen that I I just think to myself, if you were at the time, if if this is your first job, if that just happened and I just did it at my first job, I'm gone. Right. But at the same time, they use it as a teaching moment.
1: And that's, as you should, people are going to make mistakes. But the fact of it is, is you can't cycle them out because you're going to bring in
2: someone with the same mentality. That's also true. Like, and i th- and i think a lot of employers are starting to learn that that oh this person made one screw up and they're gone and i'm going to get someone else that's even worse and they're gone and now it's in a shortage of employees so now it's just kind of like as long as you don't steal my social security number we're good
1: that's where you have to watch don't ask that, me though, about too. my
2: car's extended warranty we're good
1: that's the same thing when are not leaving a relationship. Well, uh, there are so much great things about this person that if I, if I leave them, I'll never find someone that has as good qualities as this person. That's not always true. You, there's, you know I mean? There's plenty of fish out in the sea and there's maybe one that matches with you even more. So it's like,
2: you it's don't hard if when you, don't you try.
1: it's hard when you love so many qualities about someone to let them go, because yes, it there's things be. about them that don't work and there are red flags that don't work out, but there's so much other stuff that does work out and you go, but like, when you're going through a breakup, it's hard to go think about all the negative things that they put you through, but it's really easy to go back on the good times. And it's really easy to remember that, oh, when we did this and we went and did that, and we went and did that. And then it wants gotta- to be
0: happy, right?
1: Exactly. <clears throat>
0: it wants to remember the good. It wants to, you know, put on those rose colored glasses. Is it more selfish to not break up with them and put yourself through that just because you don't want to deal with those negative emotions for that little bit? That's, I believe that is
2: selfish because you have to, sometimes you have to be sad. And BoJack Horseman honestly says it best in one of the scenes that when you're looking through those rose glasses and you see those red flags, they're just flags.
1: Yeah. It's easy to, like love is blind, especially in the early stages, love is blind and it's easy to get lost in that and to gloss over, well, but it's okay because they're this. It's okay because of this. It's no, like someone does you wrong. You have the right to call them out. you the understanding that it's your perception. It's how you want to be treated, but they should be, if they love you enough, they should want you to be happy and they should want you to be treated how you want to be treated. And it's a compromise. It's a back and forth. And how can we make both of us happy? Maybe that's their ism. That's one thing they really struggle with. And every other area is great. Well, how can you guys meet in the middle? How can you have, how can you lower your expectations slightly, and how can they meet you up there and change their actions slightly? It's never going to be perfect,
0: but everything else
1: overcomes that.
0: Ultimately, that's what a relationship is, right? Is you two or two people coming together to make the best versions of each other?
1: Right, it's what it should be a partnership.
0: Yeah, like you want each other to grow.
2: You want to bring each other up not put each other down there's a difference between rivalry and competition yeah right and even a rivalry is friendly competition you want to do better than your rival that's like your best friend but but at the same time you see your rival succeeding and it makes you happy
1: that's because if your rival gets better you have to become better to be better than them Mm -hmm. so it's this back and forth of climbing the ladder you continue to push each other right and you know that you're creating higher limits for yourselves like we do that a lot too where we'll like with our creative works and stuff like that we'll show each other and be like how's he doing that like all right I never I to started doing this I need to get better at this I need to like I need to up my game so I can stay up there with you guys you know and it's 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 a healthy relationship it's not that we're putting each other down and saying you should be better it's no look at the awesome thing that I did it's like oh I want to do something
2: awesome like and it's this back and forth. I think that's what it, especially these days with friends circles, they will show their friends like what they did. And if the friend doesn't have a lot going on, they almost want to like adopt it themselves, but yeah. it never really interested them in the first place. They just all of a sudden learned that their friend is doing it. And now all of a sudden, that's gotta be like my life focus.
0: Well, that's the thing about friends, right? Like you wouldn't even know something existed until one of your friends showed you it. And it's like, oh my god, you just opened up a whole new world to me. Like, I didn't even know this part of the earth
2: existed. That's possible? You can do that? And then it comes down to that person's interpretation of what they were just present- presented with. Right.
1: You gotta watch out for the opposite side of that coin, though, because some people, if they're not up there and they see somebody, someone who's their friend doing something amazing, instead of trying to climb to that level, they'll try to bring down the thing that they're doing.
2: chop down out. some
1: of the rungs underneath And them. that's...
2: Well, it's not not that good. That's not a friend.
1: That's not very because this is, and that's, and that comes from a lack of self-confidence in themselves. where they need to put people down to make themselves feel
2: better. That would be like you living with your best friend who has a successful career, and you don't, and you jeopardize your friend's successful career just because you don't have one.
0: You, me, and Dupree. (laughs)
1: right it's you're always putting you it's it's simple things too you know you might point out just all the negative things about their career oh yeah but what about when your boss did that oh yeah but what about this about that what about Mm -hmm. this what about that thing what about why am i always always focusing on the the negatives right it's not the good things you do it's just all the flaws and the
2: failures and that
1: it's It's toxic it is it
2: is that's why they call it toxic because it's energy to the mind yeah. and that's why a lot of people I thought it was really really funny when I was part of those MLMs way back ago and I and some of the people were like I just know no negativity no negativity in the world in, in my life I stay away from it and I'm thinking to myself you have no friends that are anything negative with you and if they try, you just completely shut them down.
1: You surround yourself yeah. with the yes, man.
2: You're yeah. a good per you're a good person in life. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what all his friends say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I stop being friends he's, with
2: him. He's, he's so cool. <laughs> he's so cool. He's so cool. He's so cool. Hey, hey, uh, anyone know what? Fa- oh no, no. Phil's not. Eh, eh, eh. We don't talk about Phil. Get out. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you even <laughs> locked eyes with me, as I said, we don't.
0: That's a red flag.
2: Mm -hmm. It's like the the Mean Girls. We got a turd in the punch bowl. Everybody's
0: probably got like filters, you know? Green flags to one person is probably a red flag to another, too. So it's finding the flags that
2: match yours. So then, how do you look through the world through a kaleidoscope? Without acid? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) This is not a substance episode. I guess you just keep spinning it until
2: you see the view that you want to see. But I will say, when you're, when you're taking substances with a person that you care about, it is a different atmosphere.
1: That's, that's where they say when you're going to take a, a psychedelic, it's setting and characters. Yeah. It's not only the place that you are that makes you feel comfortable, it's be with people who make you feel comfortable be with people who don't feel like you're being judged by like if you're tripping and someone's sitting there judging you constantly and you feel like they're worried about every little thing you're doing you're not going to relax and enjoy it. you're going to be like how am i coming across to this person
0: you know it makes you overthink all the yourself. bad things
1: right instead of just focusing about you as a whole the good the bad
2: the everything love yourself you have to and love others lead with love. Find the reasons that you love others inside of that.
1: That's where they, I was reading some recently, cause I have like just about being more like less socially awkward and like how I feel like I can, like, I kind of can shut down around certain people cause I just don't feel comfortable. And what it said is it's kind of that it's like lead with love and like always have the intent that you're there to help people, that you're there to do what's best for those other people. And They've already decided if they're going to accept you or not. You you can't, you're not going to do anything to change that. You just have to be yourself and cut out the people who don't accept you and always lead with love and always want to help others. And I've been using that more and it makes me feel more comfortable because it's, it's, I can't control what you think of me. I can only control who I am and just be me, like, and just be Mm -hmm. me to the full extent of who that is and take time to find out who me is. Like shut off all these other things of what other people and what society has told me I am and just find out who I am and express that as bright as I can.
0: Yeah. The second you start letting other people control your emotions, you become a slave to them. You start Mm -hmm. to forget who you are. Mm -hmm. You'll never find that person who actually accepts you for
2: you either. And that's where that submissive part comes in. Once you have allowed someone to control your, you've given control to someone else. Of your being, yeah.
1: Broadcast your freak flag as high as you can. You know, like that's that's how you're gonna find that other person who's just as weird and
2: just as different. Turn the beacon on. These days, why not? You know, you might be the most obnoxious person in the room. Go. Everybody's got somebody. Mm -hmm. Who am I to tell you not to? It might not be something that I might not do. One hundred percent to you.
1: It might annoy the crap out of you, but it might that be that person's funniest favorite thing that they've ever seen, and that's what they've mm-hmm. been waiting for and looking for. And it's you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's, you just gotta be unreliantly yourself. Just make sure that's the person who you want to be.
0: Uh, don't start off a relationship pretending to be somebody you you're not, so you can attract something you want. hmm Keep stacking those bricks, trying to turn into
2: that's the image why that want the you want. Divorce rate is as high as it is.
1: Fifty-three percent. Fifty-three percent of marriages end in divorce that's over half this commitment to live and love forever it's always happened. been like that too though
0: you know it's always been that and high. i
2: think nowadays more people are talking and that's why yeah. the rate is as high as it is because as we demonstrated in the past not as many opportunities not as much options not as much was voiced
1: and divorce is more accepted now. Like back in the day, if you got divorced, you could be ostracized by your church, by your community. You could be looked at yep. as all these negative things for getting divorced. So people would stick together for so many with a reasons. scarlet
0: letter. Yeah, it holds a holds a lot above people's heads sometimes. Like that, you know.
1: Yeah, that's where you have to check in with why you're with somebody, why you're in any kind of relationship. I feel like you just you deserve owe that to yourself. To see what thoughts are yours and what thoughts are other people's.
0: At the end of the day, if you, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be able to love anybody else. You're not going to be able to help anybody else.
2: It starts with you. You, wor- you worry about what you want. And then you worry about how what you want can help others achieve what they want.
1: And loving yourself is also going to teach others to love themselves. It's not selfish to to care for yourself. It's not selfish to give back to yourself and take that time. You're only teaching other people how to love themselves as well and teaching them that's okay.